Friday afternoon deploy was found in a DLL file of a Windows XP app on an old shareware CD. <laughs> almost the holiday it this is true i guess we're just gonna go ahead and say here we go this is an episode because like um yeah i'm running out of ideas just like any like uh holiday schedule uh we're we're just we're just throwing this together at the last second (laughs) uh you guys were way off by the way last week yeah and i i so i wasn't there but i got to listen to what were we off on the episode number you guys were yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we wondered about that. You guys we, were like, we thought we thought it was like five, five, six, something. No, seven came out. Uh, you guys were recording episode eight. Oh wow! Yeah, so you were okay. off by by a couple numbers, and so yeah. this would be episode nine. At some point, hmm. we're just going to stop caring enough to talk about it. But uh, what is worth talking about that I'm pretty proud of? I'm looking in our Slack channel. Last Friday, we had 423 downloads. Uh, it's Friday again. We've got 543 downloads. So we crossed the 500 threshold, 173 downloads in the last seven days. Uh, my podcast hosting software has really shitty analytics, so I can't, I can't see it over time, but I'm pretty sure that's a hockey stick. So that's pretty exciting. Fellas. When you say a hockey stick, you said that earlier. Yeah. Mm. Never heard the hockey which, stick. Which way is the hockey stick? Because because like? the first thing I heard was like he double hockey sticks, which would make it an L, which would mean it's a loss. And I don't oh, think no. that's the right. No, way. it's like out. a hockey stick laying. It's, it can only be. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's and the line. Yeah, it's, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, it's gotcha. horizontal, and, and then, then the 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 head of the hockey stick, whatever that's called, essentially yeah. is the spike of, of gotcha. like an exponential or or just not necessarily exponential. It's like a linear growth that happens suddenly. Very nice. Hockey stick is like really popular in. Um, in in I was gonna say in finance, but real people who really do finance don't give a shit about that. It's the bullshit world of startup finance. Mm. Like, oh, we uh, at my VC firm only invest in companies that see a hockey stick in year two, right? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and because that's worked out so well for everybody. Yeah. Well, luckily, um, unlike VC money, our hockey stick is real, and it's not someone else's money that we're playing with. It's or glorious time or downloads or whatever. So I'm pretty stoked about that. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and, uh, hats off to Alan, who is, who is queuing up topics like live in the Slack channel. Oh, in, in, oh, yeah. oh, oh, I super cheated. I literally just Googled like, uh, computer programming news <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up on uh, science daily. I think you're onto something. We're not that far off from just fucking automating this show. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm working on, you know, just getting the AI to get my voice right. <laughs> I got a, you know, TensorFlow model working on that. Oh Lord. I know. Sorry. I'm just reading this article. Oh, yeah. This is, this is pretty it. Interesting. I know, right? That one just that one sounds scary because then there's Saturn is losing its rings, but I'm like, eh, I can't see those anyway. So what you what you <laughs> said was <laughs> uh, what you sent was ingestible capsule can be controlled wirelessly. Yeah, electronic pill relays diagnostic information or releases <clears throat> drugs in response to smartphone commands. Of course, yeah, of course. I've thought about this before with nanotechnology, and, and I remember. Um, 
you know, I want to say like late nineties, I remember that was supposed to be the thing. They were like nanotechnology and mm-hmm. we're all like, Pff. I read this Michael Crichton book, uh, Jurassic this, Park. I did read that that's, one too. I read only, all, I read literally the only, Michael I read just Crichton about book. all of them. <laughs> uh, there was, uh, the sphere was one of my favorites, but there was this one, I want to say it was the swarm, but that's what it was about. It was about, um, like swarm patterns. And so then the, the idea of taking like nanos and programming them to function like a swarm, but then this swarm like, like becomes... Like nanobots, essentially. Yeah, and this swarm becomes um, uh, self-aware and basically, you know, it's in a government facility. Cue every other Michael Crichton story after that. It all right. goes bad and right. kills all the people. Well, you know. But, but um, this, though, this is, I've thought about, like, well, when are we going to get there, though? And this, I, I don't know. This is scary to me. But though, see, also, uh, from my perspective, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, of course it manifests itself in a smartphone app. Like, it's everything. Everything. It's everything right? scary that you think about mm-hmm. a Michael Crichton, like, like swarm scenario <laughs> of nanobots, that cluster computer, except in reality, it comes and it's a pill that you swallow. And like, every time you pass gas, it fucking tweets for you. <laughs> oh man. If and it like, could, if it could release like some gas X, my wife would be so <laughs> happy about it. Like I would have one of these in me and not know it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always really uh, sort of bemoaned the lack of a stat screen for the human body. It's it's really troubling that I don't get to know how things are going inside, except by something as vague as sort of how I feel I'm about just, stuff. Yeah, I, I love that you want a stat screen because what immediately came to my mind was like you wanted a character sheet on yourself. Totally, you're like 100%. I just need to know if I fucking rolled a two on charisma. Yeah, like, totally, totally. <laughs> In fact, it. there's a meme that goes around all the time that's like, hey, how do I restart this? RPG because I'm like 30 years in and I realize I've built a completely shit character. <laughs> my, 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 <laughs> How best, do I respect? my best example of that was like one morning I put on a pair of pants and I felt something tickle the back of my leg. I quickly take off my pants in a panic and there's a brown recluse in there. Oh God. Did not bite me. Hey. Rolled a 20 on yep. my dexterity. There you go. I'm telling you. We had an employee here that did not roll a 20 on dexterity. Put a shirt on, mm. bit by a brown recluse, and he had like basically a third nipple for a little while. But he didn't like, he didn't get any like necrosis or anything. I think he rolled a 20 on like his, his, uh, whatever uh, poison immunity. Poison, yeah. 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 What's, uh, what's the constitution? Like, ah, okay. okay sure. Yeah. There you go. I couldn't yeah. remember what at that was. Yeah. That's uh, your constitution. Like you, you've taken the poison damage, but how much damage does it do? But the flip side, is though that as you were saying smartphone controlled and whatnot like we were seeing articles 10-15 years ago about the Russians being able to like just sort of stop a pacemaker from 100 yards away and just drop somebody dead like I don't I don't know that I want a pill inside me that just Bluetooth connects and yeah, I, controls my physiology a few years ago I remember reading a thing about um, the uh, like in the, uh, a college in Israel I want to say um, they had figured out a way to hack a computer that was air gapped from, like, they did it from the next room. Was this the sound one where they were sort of listening they to the were keyboard, li- basically? No, they were listening to the hertz of the processor. Oh, right, right, right. And being able was... to figure out what it's doing based upon that. So they weren't like executing a remote payload, but they were able to kind of see. Yeah, memory as it was moving through like the bus and, and stuff. For like what it was processing, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, so steal it, your credit card number just on like electromagnetic. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah. So that's scary, right? The idea right? of like we're experiment, experimenting now with with Wi Fi stuff in our body, and uh, 
Uh, you know, I, I make a joke about it being smartphone controlled. Um, it doesn't actually tweet when you fart. As far as I know, I've only read about like a quarter of this. I mean, it could though. so far. You're right, right? But like, um, I don't know. The 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 concept there is kind of freaky. I, I said this once, and and I'm going to get the same response now, probably. But like, um, I thought it was kind of interesting that we don't have that much like long tail history data and like study on the effects of like all of the Wi-Fi signals that we're being subjected to. I know, right? Like Better Call Saul. Sometimes I wonder, (laughs) right? is his brother not crazy? Not crazy at all. You know? Well, uh, he'd be early on it because that's set like before the advent, right? But of of, like Wi-Fi technology. But then (laughs) I I said this to a former... It's radio, magnetic electricity. Yeah, yeah, I, I said something to a former colleague about it and I was like, uh... I don't like, we don't know, like, I don't want this router sitting right on my computer. It's just like, we don't like, or on my desk, we don't really know like what that does. And he was like, oh shit, does it like go right through your tinfoil hat? Or is like, (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, fuck you, man, because we, I, I say we don't know. Someone knows. Yeah. I don't know. Well, but like the, you know, the thing to keep in mind is we're 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 in a sea of radiation of varying types at all times. All I'm saying is I don't want something emitting a five gigahertz signal from inside my fucking small intestine. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I think that's weird. Yeah. Um, unless it's like like a Wi-Fi pineapple, and then I'm just like a walking Wi-Fi exploit payload. That'd yeah. be kind of cool. But you could have a hotspot at all times. That That's what I'm thinking. Awesome. Like an unsecured hotspot, which is like <laughs> Casey's bladder, <laughs> five gigahertz. Yeah, and like, I can look at the app and go, Casey, yeah. uh, you better void your bladder soon, buddy. That's, <laughs> It's coming up, but it, it does say it does say limited connection range is a desirable security enhancement. The self isolation of wireless signal strength within the user's physical space could shield the device from unwanted connections. No, no providing no. a physical I- isolation no. for additional security. That's and not, privacy protection. That's not security. That is that is security on the level it's secu- of it's security through obscurity. That's, right? Yeah, no that's, one's like. That's on the level of you're not going to be able to hack into my server because it's really fucking hard to reach the Ethernet port. Like, no, thank you. That's not security. Right. You know, security through obscurity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, no, I'm good. I don't I don't need Wi-Fi inside my body. I don't mm. think. Mm. Uh, but like, I don't hey, know. if if here's for me, here's the here's the deal. If the doc's like, here's the deal. We got to put a nanoprobe in you to administer medication, you've got diabetes. And I'm like, is the alternative injecting myself with a physical needle? And he's like, yes. Now I'm like, give me the nanoprobe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let, just let me know what temperature they like it in there as they set up <laughs> yeah. residence. Anything besides penetrating my epidermis is a great idea. So speaking of somebody who's actually had to do that, mm-hmm. uh, they've actually, for... Most sort of uh, those kinds of delivery systems, I, I get where you're coming from. The needle's a scary thing, right? And you yeah. want to you want the Star Trek hypo spray, where clearly they just touch a soft thing to you, and it's just in your body suddenly. Which is inconsistent because sometimes they act like it hurts, and other right. times they don't. But here's what I'll but. say about uh, about the bolus devices, right? That needle is so small and so thin that you actually can't really even feel it in your body. Where, they've they've where, done you up. Where do you? Uh, stomach, thigh. I can see stomach, thigh, probably. You, you actually want to aim for a fatty area. And again, gotcha. I only had to do it for a brief period of time, and I didn't want to do it at all. Yeah. But, of course. But yeah. after the first time or two, it was like, 
okay, I just kind of have to take a second and psych myself up. It's fine. Mm-hmm. The needle on those is, is not as terrifying as a needle. I've, yeah. I've found um, it really strange that uh, we decided the best place to, to like draw blood for like a glucose test was on the tips of our fingers. Like, bleeds who, like a stuck pig. I know, but at the so same... So is your forehead. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I, wait, mean, like what, what, I would rather you jab well, me in okay. the forehead. So the great, so the great thing about <laughs> testing on it your really, finger... It really hurts. I hate it. Does. It. it does. For a I second, it I don't do it. <laughs> and le- like the first, the first and last time I've done it, I see Jesse looking at me like he's ready for this. The first and last time I ever did it, I mean, I was like 11 mm-hmm. and I had flu-like symptoms and I went to a different doctor. I had gone to this doctor for years whose philosophy was if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck, we'll treat the duck. But Sounds like a Python developer. Yeah, duck I know. Type, a man typing. after my That's own That's a duck heart. typing joke yeah, for, that, <laughs> for Jesse. Duck thank, typing. Thank you, I appreciate that. But um, uh, yeah, so so I went to this different clinic and they're like, yep, uh, probably the flu. We're going to have to do a test. I don't know. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I know I usually get A's. Yeah. So that's all right. I'll probably be okay. I didn't okay. study, but I think I'm all yeah. right. And then they go to do it. And I mean, I've, I've been uh, expelling liquid out of my body for, for, you know, 24 to 48 hours. And they're pricking my finger. And they do it like once, I remember at least twice, three times. And they're like, you should really drink more. And I'm like, <laughs> you I, ought to be bleeding by now. Is I'm what trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and so so it was an awful experience. I had like eight little pricks on the end of my finger where I even at that young state I had to be like, let's let's try this other one for a while. Shall I was just we? about to say you keep holding up your index finger. Was it your index finger? Yeah. No, that's a terrible choice. That's and and, and the other index finger. No, I had I, like four in each and I, and uh, most people I know do those on the pinkies. It doesn't hurt as much. You're not using well, it as much. They just say don't don't do don't use your what's your most used finger, sir? Yeah, Let me it's use the, yeah. It's the pointer. That's the most sensitive. I'm right? just glad that your finger prick story was due to flu like symptoms. Yeah. Because for a minute didn't, I was like I didn't I, have the flu, by the way. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, for a minute I was like, how do you know this podcast is recorded in America? Three people are sitting around a table talking about their fucking blood sugar test Listen. stories. <laughs> So, okay, so I'll say this about that. We took a business trip a couple months back, and I traveled with Sloan and Tyrell. And at one point, while God, I, I God was, bless you, I sir. was there. Well, but you weren't there for this part. This oh, was on the it. return trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you were smart about it. I was yeah. in bed. I said, uh, <laughs> Yeah. I know I rented a car and I'm supposed to take it to the airport, but. Um, but goodbye. Uber's a but thing. Goodbye. See it, you see when you get he back. said, But yeah. goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> so. At like seven o'clock in the morning in like, I don't know, an Applebee's in an airport or something, uh, Tyrell and Sloan both used my uh, blood glucose tester to test their numbers. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I explained the process to both of them and they were like, really? I think it was Sloan first. It was like, can I, can I try that? Of course I was like, it was. Sure, sure. <laughs> So like we're sitting in the Applebee's in the <laughs> really airport. I'm breaking out like <laughs> I've got the alcohol swabs. How many Washington the... apple shots? Uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, seven a.m. Unfortunately, we were still at zero, but it would have been better <laughs> if we hadn't been. But anyhow, so surprising, no one at this table. I think it will be safe to say 
Sloan's was a little bit high, and Tyrell is a goddamn superhero. Like, that dude, his number was so low, like, not low, low, but, like, right in the pocket of where you want to be. As, like, a healthy, strapping young lad making his way in the world, no problems. Well, the dude runs 100-mile races. Yeah, he does. He was telling us about this the other day. Yeah. You know, he's got, he was talking about his, um, I forget. His like, spotter, basically. His, yeah. his pace car, his pacer. His, pace, his pacer. His, yeah. pacer. That's what it is, his pacer. Um, which is which, not a car, it's a person. I can't even be his pacer. Yeah, no, no. Mm-mm. That's I, yeah, That's that's a 25-mile commitment or something yeah. like that. He was, he was pacing for somebody in a race uh, a couple weeks ago, yeah. and he was, he was, he was like, helping, he was like, brainstorm with me. Uh, I'm going to pace this guy. <laughs> they use, they, there's some terminology in that world that, uh, they all kind of use. He's like, I got him in whatever miles it was. It was in the well into the back half of this hundred mile race or, or whatever it was. And he was like, he's going to be deep in the pain cave. Uh, <laughs> and you know, he's going to be at like the depths of despair and I gotta, I gotta keep him out of it. And so what he did was he set up, I, I should really be, if Tyrell were here, he Hi, Tyrell. Tell his, tell his I, story. I love him though. Yeah. This, yeah. But, but he, he set up, he basically had like a, a rigged up system of like a three ring binder or something like that on his back that had pictures in it. And he printed he off. He was asking me for help with this. He was printing wow. off like random, obscure, ridiculous internet memes so that the guy that he was pacing behind him would like, you know, go in, go inward or look down at his feet and then he'd look up and Tyrell would reach over his shoulders and had changed it out and there'd be like a new meme. And so it'd be bouncing back and forth between funny stuff and like really weird shit. Yeah, know? he was looking for he was looking for weird stuff when he this reached This makes out to so me. much sense. I mean, cuz Tyrell is like one of the most supportive like teammates I've ever worked with. Totally. That, that he you know, he totally thinks about what other people are experiencing and how to make that better and you know, and how to inspire and, and stuff like that. And that's but like I mean, it's it's um it's it's big in that world because basically you have a my understanding just from hearing from him is like you have a pacer for most of the race or all of the race and so you've got multiple people that are yeah, there yeah and then so they're not running a hundred miles with you yeah right, they're running right. a small portion so that they're in a good frame of mind yeah. to be a rock right right meanwhile he said that like if you're a pacer like that's just an enormous party. You're just out camping in the middle of the mm. woods, drinking mm. and stuff like that. It's like, oh, hang on, I gotta go pace for a minute. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back in two and a half hours. You know, yeah. and then you my, go back to your party. My uh, the best pacer I could do. I remember, you know, a few times back in the day, uh, doing some doing some drinking around a bonfire, and like you you hold up. You know your buddy who's trying to pee. Oh, yeah. that's about the best I can do. Pacer, you're like, yeah, hey yeah, man, I, I got I, you, dude. <laughs> lean, lean into my arm. Want, yeah, no, yeah, yeah I, there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink four of the beers out of this thirty pack with you. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm yeah. gonna hand you over to the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. My, my my pro tip for for those sort of drunken debauchery parties was always have a couple of hair ties in your pocket because even if you have short hair, there is a girl at that party who is going to need that hair tie, and you will save the day. Very sexist, Jesse. When I that's in, what Jesse brings to the table. High school, I, I I wore my hair in a ponytail. For sure. Well, okay, but I didn't wear mine in a ponytail, but mine was just as long. Hair, yeah. yep. okay, fine, fine, fine. But Alan has already talked about what you do with gentlemen. You hold them up and look the other way. Mm. I I used to, my plight was um, I used to burn my hair. Like not on purpose. It just got in the way sometimes. There's a Mm. bar in Denton, Texas that they don't have toilets in the men's room. They have a trough. 
And so men there's, stand there's, shoulder. There's a bar within oh. rock throwing distance of here. Like I can that. think of oh, really. Is yeah. there a trough yeah. bar? Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Riley's has a trough. George's. Uh, George's has a trough. Oh, wow. Uh, 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 I don't. I don't Brewski's like the trough. Has a trough. Brewski's has a trough. Brewski's has a trough. Brewski's has one of my favorite troughs. They, have, they put the ice in there, and I always think to myself, like, I've melted quite a bit of that ice. <laughs> Like, what's with the ice? And like, is it smell control? And I'm like, fuck that. It's a mini game. That's right. That's yeah. right. It keeps the morale going. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How, this is what happens when we go into the Christmas special with no topic. No script. Hold on. I'll paste something else from Science Daily. So. Oh, that's okay. a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, get, let's, let's engage our brains again. If you want to know go. how bad it is right now for me trying to find topics. Um, Are you on Slashdot? Because that's where I went no, to. I'm, no, I'm on... I'm on uh, I'm on Hacker News and I'm mm. on like I'm on like <laughs> post sixty one through eighty. So I'm like I'm like five pages deep into Hacker News now. Nothing good's happening except everyone's yeah. bitching about uh yeah, I love I've seen like eight or nine different like Facebook year in review posts, mm. but it's the year in review of Facebook and their like scandal. Mm. And it's just like Facebook basically had a scandal every week this year. Oh. Here's the top here's the top nine Facebook scandals of twenty eighteen. Oh. This is this is fun <laughs> to think about, like, cause I remember uh let's see. So this this was probably you know I don't know like eight years ago or something I I remember the first year that like you know Facebook really took off and really had done well that people were like this is the first year that Facebook outpaced Google in in websites that people went to yeah like you know because usually everyone goes to Google and uh, and now we've come to to that it was like, huge i i remember um i remember getting facebook for the first time it was so i'll date myself now but it was uh my freshman year of college um and it was still at the point where uh part of their monetization model as i understand it is that the universities were buying subscriptions <laughs> to it and so it was a closed network within uca i went to uca um closed network so i can only connect with people within the uca network um you had to have a uca.edu email to be a part of it mm. this is this predated a timeline and the ability to post status updates it was really just photo sharing and are you single um which is all we wanted out of a facebook in college mm-hmm. uh freshman year uh and then i remember I don't remember when they introduced the timeline and other stuff. It was it was a little bit after that, but I do remember them opening up interschool networks. And Ooh. so at UCA we're like we can connect with Hendrix people. Mhm. Sweet. So and, and the Hendrix people were like fuck you. <laughs> That's how that went down. I um I remember begrudgingly getting um Facebook. Uh so so my first picture I was I was hammered on some wine. That's I was a, wine that, drunk. That sounds like someone's Facebook. like, you're getting Facebook. Cause I was all like, you know, like, so it was after MySpace had sold and I was like, fuck social media and all that and everything. And then I bought into Facebook like everyone. Um, and, and I remember it being the thing like, so I remember graduating high school, um, you know, so that, that was in 2000. Um, and then thinking like, Man, all these people like that I've been friends with, and I went to the same school for my whole school career, and so I was like, "Dude, there's got to be a way that we can connect with with everyone." And then Facebook happened, and so at first, whenever this happened and people connect, you know, I got on Facebook, 
against my will, just about. Right. Um, and then, <laughs> and then though I started looking around, you know, and I, uh, you know, I'm like, oh man, I went to school with all these people. This is great. This is exactly, you know, what I wanted. And and you know, and that still is the part. You know that I think that that was the good of Facebook. Notice how I use that in past tense because mm-hmm. because there, the there is no good anymore. Well, yeah, I'll but, say I'll say this or, right. Or, I mean that that's still there, but it's yeah. overshadowed. It's like, overshadowed obviously. by so much at this point. Yeah. yeah, the buy-in on Facebook these days is not young people. This is true, and that comes into play because I, I'm not young though, so that's fine. But this is an opportunity for me to talk to my mother, <laughs> to talk to my grandfather, to talk to some of these distant relatives mm. without actually having to get on the telephone with any of them. Mm. They don't have access to any other asynchronous communication method, so the ability to use Facebook as a "Hey, I'm thinking about you," or "Hey, how's that thing going?" and then get on with my day without having to like figure out where the phone call happens. Totally useful. I will say that I, I have I have not abandoned Facebook. I've all but abandoned it. And the only purpose that it serves now in my life is an elaborate uh, Instagram photo relay so that <laughs> so that photos that I take of, of Henry of my son mm-hmm. um, do get seen by my by his grandparents. That's right. His his his, his mother or his, my mom and, and, and my dad and, and stepmom <laughs> like that is the entire. If you're friends with me on Facebook, I don't know if you, you're not there, and I don't yeah, think you are. No. Don't bother. All, all, <laughs> yeah. it, just follow me on Instagram, right. and that's, that's the entirety what I do, of my yeah. content. Then you're tapping into yeah. the main vein there, but yeah, I mean, it's all the same tool anyhow, right? That's all Facebook. I, you know, and, and <laughs> they're all selling your location data. My my uh, my family probably would have preferred that I had gone that route. Um, because it's like there's that gap, right? Of that, like I'm like, no, now I use Instagram. Like we don't really know how to use the Instagrams. You know what? I just recently set up a family Slack, and I had to teach people how things like ads work because they haven't touched something like Twitter. They've never added somebody on Facebook. They just use it in the sort of you know uh, face value way that they use it. If they want you to, if they want you to see the picture. They just tag you in the fucking picture. No, no, God, I wish. <laughs> if they want me to see the, and this is part of what's, where Slack comes into play, right? If they want me to see the picture, they send me a message on Google Hangouts with a link to the Facebook post. Uh. Like, that's just not, that's just not the way. And here's the, here's the world we live in, right? So, like, you know, that's, we use newer technology to interact with, with the elders of our, of our race, of our species, and, uh, you know, I'm thinking of like, man, wouldn't it be sweet, though, to set up an IRC uh, server for my family? But mm-hmm. there's no way I could teach them Mm-mm. that, right? Not yeah. happening. Nobody is going to log into my Legends of the Red Dragon game on my dial-up BBS that I'm I hosting, could, I could, regardless of how much I think my aunt would love it. <laughs> Grandma, I could never teach my mom, and I could never teach my stepson to use IRC chat. Ma, like, send, there's, send there's a, a sweet wait, send me wait, wait, a DDT your request. No, that's interesting. Yeah. No, there's, there's a gap. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah. is gap? it because IRC is essentially command, or it's, uh, like a, a... It's it's this. It's it was just, this. It was, it's, it was it's, overcome by a Events like these, I'm, I'm on the bottom end of IRC being like right, right, contemporary when I was a kid. You're an elder millennial. Yeah, uh, these, these there's there's a sweet spot of where you would be surprised, Jesse, that like like my my mom, my mother in law have more in common with our kids than they do with us in regards to technology. There's That's just like a, interesting. There's a little, little gap there, a little well. Because we, we lived because at that thing, time where we needed to understand how a thing worked to make it we do what we wanted. We had to figure it out. We yeah. had to do it. Yeah. And, and, and these kids this day, these days, 
they, as far as they can remember, there's always been smartphones. There's always been an app that could do that, right? And this is all new to us, and you know, and and it, that's interesting to that, me. Yeah, that, it really is. It really yeah. is. For those of y'all just tuning in, <laughs> welcome back to Get Off My Lawn. With, <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was with about the to elder out. millennials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was about to point out that the person saying all of that isn't even 40, guys. <laughs> no, that's true. I'm an elder millennial, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird spot to be in, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, it's totally true, though. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just, I, I, you know, I love my contrarian points of view. Well, you're as, such a nationalist. As, as, whoa. Uh, <laughs> hey! Easy. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, as an elder millennial, I can't stand IRC. I hate it. I, so here's here's a here's a story. Sorry, Hobbs. I uh, sorry, Chris. Uh, I don't hate people who hate IRC, hmm. except maybe just a tiny little bit. <laughs> but so I, I took a job. I took a. This is uh, so. Mm, I'm I'm debating whether or not I name this company. It's a big national company. <laughs> don't do oh, it then. I'll do it. I'll do <laughs> no, it. No, don't do it. I'll do it in the style no, no. Of, of Jesse. It's a. Uh, it's a large uh, uh, national media and cable uh, company yeah. uh, that starts with a C, uh, but rhymes with rocks. Oh, yeah. Uh, there you go. They're perfect. And so uh, rocks. No one I, could ever know. Yeah. CBN. Yeah. Rocks communication. Um, I took a contract job there for 90 days, and they, there was like this huge like... Um, kind of push that they were doing marketing at the Python based uh, dev conferences. So at, at PyCon as well as DjangoCon, um, they were doing a lot of recruiting from, from those pools. They always had people on the speaker list. Um, they brought big presentations. There were platinum sponsors, banners everywhere. And like every time they talked, we have so many Django devs and we have the world's largest Django deployment. We have 1,200 websites running through a single Django deployment. Because that was mm-hmm. a big deal in Django's early days. Was mm-hmm. this like, it was a web framework that was built for multi-tenancy. Mm-hmm. And so like, we have 12, 1,200. What that translates to is not something to brag about. Mm-hmm. That is the world's most gigantic clusterfuck. <laughs> I'm imagining like... 1,200 websites, each of which have like so what their was own the independent situation like there. It took that code base, which you could only, you couldn't really set up a local dev environment for it. It was like this Rube Goldberg device of virtual machines they distributed out. And um, I mean, it took that code base like minutes, like two or three minutes to generate a page. And so the it, it relied entirely on caching when and when like the entire architecture was deployed there was this huge machine of like celery tasks that like all they did was go out and generate pages across all the sites like homepage first they went through like a hierarchy and like just warmed the caches because like literally you go to the homepage of like a radio station website and if there wasn't a cache of the pre-generated page it took minutes for the server to decide what order the HTML came out in. Wow. It was insane. Mm. Everyone in the dev team there used IRC internally. That was there. They were like, fuck mm. Slack. We're not going to use HipChat. We're going to be hipsters, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to use IRC. And what pissed me off the most was like, I was just like, holy cow, these, this like organization has a really... The, the, the dev org is kind of upside down. They don't, they're, the technology is not very good. There's no leadership. No one's like trying to modernize this or, or do it in a better way. 
Meanwhile, it's all using IRC internally. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. And, uh, uh, but the culture within IRC, within this professional organization of people that you work with, your coworkers, was just like the fucking culture of IRC with random people on the internet. And it was like my day two on this contract job, and I go into like one of the channels for one of the products, and I'm like, "Hey, everyone, does anyone know how blah?" And Rules. like, yeah, yeah. and everyone else is like, "You don't just fucking talk to everybody in the channel. <laughs> Kick his ass out of here." And I'm like, I'm at, "I'm at work." <laughs> <laughs> and so it just reminded me after that moment, I, I I didn't like IRC when I was in high school. I didn't use it for a long time. This was in my like mid twenties. I, I had this job with IRC, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember." I hate IRC except for when we used to like download pirated VHS tapes of like DVD or not DVD rips, like movie rips. That was like the only thing IRC ever was good for us. And luckily, we were all minors at that time, so I feel confident saying that. In you didn't know what format. you were doing. I had no idea. I've never pirated anything. Good defense, Alan. Yeah, thank you. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, IRC, not a huge fan. That no. didn't help. I've had some bad experiences. Mm. See, I, IRC for me, I'm not going to talk for too long about it, but it was really great. It was part of that reaching out, right? I, I'm talking about an era where my 486 died, mm. and I found myself a quote-unquote portable 286, mm. which was like a, mm. a, a three or four VCRs large that had a tiny little CRT as part of it, mm-hmm. the keyboard detached from the front. Well, I mean, it was 200 that, less than the 486. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. But the, so it was lighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, IRC kept uh, introverts like me uh, able to have social experiences without leaving the home in a very important way. So this is fun. This is like a micro-generational thing. That's yeah. what I'm calling. Is that a word? I don't know if that's a real sure, thing. Sure, I like no, it. We'll micro-generational. No, right. I, I'm late generation X. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. like, and, and Alan, you and I, there's, there's a little bit of difference between each of us, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit younger than you, Jesse. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I had the same experience. Oh, I'm connecting with people like across the world. ICQ or AIM. Just, or, it, was, it, was, it was AIM or it yeah. was like AOL chat rooms or something like that. Yeah. So I missed the boat on ICQ being for that. And when, or not ICQ, uh, uh, IRC, IRC yeah. being for that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of part of it is maybe I'd be able to look back on that more positively and nostalgically. But truthfully, when I was in high school, all IRC was was um, a place to download like pirated crap and a live action 4chan. That's what mm-hmm. IRC was. <laughs> you know, and, and, I used it. I used it for file serving a lot. There was a lot of a lot yeah, of servers the, the out whole there. DDC like stuff. Is that what it's called? DDC uh, or DCC or yeah, 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 yeah. Direct Connect channels. Yeah. <laughs> but you mentioned ICQ, and I just wanted to say a thing about that real quick because it's one of the the few familial regrets that I still like manifest on a regular basis. My grandmother, who is now deceased, my my favorite you know, um, cultural influencer in my life from that generation was a diehard IR, uh, ICQ user. She was on ICQ all the time, all the time. That's pretty awesome. She just sat at home and was on ICQ. But here's the regret, right? I did too, but I was too young to realize how cool that was. Mm. And so we talked, I don't know, five times in a year on ICQ, and she was on for 14 hours a day. I could have been learning so much, and I didn't. Mm. ICQ is like analogous to a kid today in Facebook. You're like, by the time I got to it, my grandma was already on it. It's not cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. And I, I, I missed out there because it never, was a great tool for never that. Never had anything like that with like the elder generations in my family, except that I had a great uncle uh, who was, uh, he was a brilliant guy. He was a, he was a Jesuit priest. 
um, and like super well educated. And like he was, I remember like at um, at a birthday party we had, he came and he was talking to to my brother and I about uh, fishing schemes. And he's like, he's like, uh, he would have he he passed away recently. He would have been like either ninety two or ninety three this year. So he was probably. I would say 88 at this time. And he knew more about computers and like safe browsing habits than most everyone else around there, wow. you know, and like Skype calls every week with the family and stuff like that. So he like really embraced technology. That's the like one thing I can point to. But again, that wasn't, I mean, he wouldn't have used ICQ and right. he wouldn't have used IRC. So like more technologically savvy than like his peers. Absolutely. But like to that degree, no way. Like, sure. Don't sure. don't have an example of that, but that's that's um, that's pretty cool. And like you know, there's always outliers. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, like even within our generation, oh, we're totally. kind of outliers, right? Yeah. Like we were more techy than the people around us. Mm-hmm. That's what got us. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, totally. And and even I, I'm an outlier in I. I've always felt like I straddled the line between a millennial and a generation Xer. Mm. And this may be TMI, but I blame it on my parents, as I do a lot of things. I love you, mom and dad. But, um, you know, they're they're like 10 years apart. And so, like, I've often wondered if that is not actually what defines a millennial or a Gen Xer or whatever generation you are. Is it not your parents and what they understand and everything? And so, and, and for me, your, it's, it's And your, like, rebellion from that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so it was, like, two different fronts for me yep. in that, like, you know, I'm rebelling against the 60s, and I'm right. trying to rebel against the 70s, too. <laughs> like, right. you know, and, and, yeah, so that that whole bit, yeah. And, and my wife's fond of pointing out that my father-in-law and I are at opposite ends of what is generally considered Generation X. Mm-hmm. He's a very early Gen Xer, and I'm a very late Gen Xer. But our experiences... You both love Sheryl Crow. <laughs> Can't get enough of that. <laughs> Jesse's a, so if we're elder millennials, then Jesse is a... What, what are, you're a young Gen Xer? A young Xer? Gen Xer. But yeah. see, here's the interesting thing to me about that. So... What you see posited in media these days is always millennials are killing this, millennials are killing that, and they tend to be talking about college kids, but here you guys are saying you're elder millennials, which I totally agree with, Mm -hmm. but the other thing that gets posited, millennials versus boomers, Mm. and, and who's... Who's influencing things from which side there? And what you never hear about is my generation. The Gen Xers are the ones creating these stories, pitting boomer against millennial. Notice no one's ever talking about our impact. We're of the age that we're governing the country. We're at the age that we're like heading up companies. We're at the age at which the message is being crafted by us, but somehow the message is about those folks older than us. You guys are the nameless cowboys. Boy, yeah, playing well, and both sides against each other also in a Clint a, Eastwood movie. You're also a really small generation, which is which compared is to the boomers for sure. Well, for sure, for the, sure. Well, and the millennials is a really, really big generation for two reasons. One, like birth rates, right? But also, it's really big because the because because generational definitions are cultural, not actual. Yeah, they have like, no bearing on reality. Periods. And so, like millennial generation, it's it's that's like one of the biggest like. Uh, not necessarily by population, but like classification of the time period. Like if you were born in like between 1980 
And I guess we haven't named kids that were born in the last five years yet. Yeah. But even kids born in 2010 are millennials, right? Yeah, or, sure. or 2008 are still kind of considered millennials. That's maybe they'll, multiple generations. Maybe they'll get, they'll, they'll, like a line will be drawn and people will fall on either side of the cats. I think it'll be. That after, always probably happens a couple years down the road, but like it's a, that's, that's like a 30 year generation. It, yeah, it yeah. is. It is. And that, so I think it'll happen when um, I, I think the digital influencer bubble will burst. And I, I mm. think when that happens, that will be the watermark. And that'll so be- I, I think what's going to happen is I and a current right now, like 12 year old are going to have just some fucking cultural rift that mm. we can't reconcile and be like, that's it. Yeah. You're something else. I don't know what you are, but I, you're not one of us. Alan talked about influencers briefly, and I wanted to, to tie into that. I just read a thing. There are folks these days, tend to skew young, who are actually pretending to be influencers. Oh, that's not 10 and younger. That's like, that's going into well into people's 20s and stuff. That's, like that. that's okay. That's, oh, but that's fair. But it's, th- it's what they're really doing bizarre. is they're creating a faux advertisement on mm-hmm. their social media totally. outlet that makes it, that, that they hope makes it look like someone has given them a promotional opportunity. And I, I can't quite wrap my head around no, it's, like, it's no, bizarre. of course not. Because like the, the Generation X thing, and I've, I've had this discussion many, many times and years ago. With with um, maybe you know younger uh, millennials, let's say, but like I know the Gen X thing that I totally relate to, and I bring that up as I I embrace it as my own is to like fuck marketing, mm, mm-hmm. you know, fuck all that. Like, what, what was Lloyd Dobler's line? I don't want to make anything that's bought, sold, or, or engineered. I don't want to sell anything that's bought, engineered, or right. And some younger millennials that I had that conversation with were like, "Yeah, we never really understood that and the whole grunge thing. Like, why why wear old clothes? Like, uh, what's wrong with you?" And so that's that's an interesting point that I discovered a long time ago that like Kurt Cobain and Nirvana and all that is definitely a dividing point that I remember growing up on. But like, they, they like still, either you got it or you didn't, you loved it, you hated but it. But you can go to the mall right now and buy a poster of Kurt Cobain. Yep. I don't understand that. Wow. How, how does Kurt Cobain have relevance in a modern 13 year old life? Well, yeah, he, he doesn't. He does himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, <laughs> Dead Kurt he Cobain. He saw what was yeah. coming and he got out. Uh, <laughs> or Courtney saw what was coming. Oh, no, 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 no. She saw what was coming and she. This is a different okay. podcast. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. Oh, no. But, you know, I, like, I, I, this is something that kept me off Instagram for a while. I was a late adopter to Instagram. I didn't get an Instagram account until maybe like two years ago. Or same, something like same. That. Yeah. And, be, and because I would see it, two things. I was on Facebook and I saw like content, people doing what I do. Relaying mm-hmm. content to Facebook, and that's their only interaction. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, why the fuck do I want to see a picture of your bacon and eggs twice? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was number one. But number two was was the, the the marketing aspect. And I'm like, did you just take a picture of a thing that you bought and like frame it up in a very artful way, mm-hmm. like you're a product photographer, and then say like, this was fantastic, and then tag the name of the company and give a link where to buy it, just out of the fucking goodness of your heart? Mm, mm-hmm. Why did this happen? It was really bizarre, this idea that like people were attempting to be spokespeople, and I'm not against someone being a spokesperson. It's just that spokespeople tend to um, have a motive behind that, usually uh, in the form of something that rhymes with honey that mm-hmm. starts with an M, mm-hmm. right? 
And I don't, I, I, I never understood it. And I, then that's what I realized is, is, is that there were people making money doing that. They were influencers. And what I'm looking at is this like second tier influencer who was influenced by the influencer. Right. That's basically fake it till you make it. Yep. I'm going to pretend like people give a shit about my product opinion uh, in the hopes that one day I bootstrap enough of an audience that I, I, I get maybe paid or, or make something out of it. And I mean, it works. People do that. There's entire I, lofty. Our company has built influencer marketing software. And so it's a real thing. There's I real look money. at the stars. I go to IMDB to see if I should watch a movie half the time. There's so much media out there to consume. So, so I, I can tell you firsthand, there's real money in this yeah. business. I've yeah. seen it. You know what I mean? It's so paid I, our salaries for some portion of our company's life, but totally. I still don't get it. I do want to say though, that to some degree and, and obviously not the majority, I think easy to say, um, influencing isn't necessarily a thing that you're looking to do so much as helping. Like this is a thing I've done, right? I have a hundred Twitter followers. No one cares about my Twitter, but sometimes if I've bought a record by a band, literally no one's heard of that happens to be near and dear to my heart, I will say a thing on my Twitter. That's like, Hey y'all, just to let you know, this is a thing that's out there. That's not being an influencer. That's just being like a product that that's being like an evangelical fan, right? Sure. That's sure. something different because like this happened with, with Ben the other day, he asked me, he's like, should I buy a set of Apple AirPods? And I like, I've, fucking go ape shit over airpods i think well, they're he's, amazing he's wearing them so i guess he did yeah it was it took him like a day because i was so <laughs> enthusiastic about it and he got them and um that's one thing right but all i did was like dude this is like dude, this is the value proposition this is what it does for me this is why i like it but what i wouldn't ever do is frame that up in such a way that i like deliver that out to the masses in a way that like is emulating what an advertisement would look like for that product. Instead, I'm just like, dude, I love AirPods. Here's why. And it's a very, like, I would say that to a friend, but I also in, feel like in, a, in a face-to-face conversation, but I also feel like there's a big scale difference, right? Because what you're talking about is do I, as a single individual feel like I need to help promote Apple? No, of course not. That's ridiculous. They've got that under control. And I'm saying that there are plenty of independent artists, writers, musicians, etc., who need the big up. I resent that you don't uh, believe in my influence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, he bought them the next day, so clearly your influence is strong. Apple went to a trillion. They went to $850 billion. In that meantime, I didn't tweet about Apple. I oh. rest my case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also don't tweet. Yeah. Casey's bear repellent. I works. need to find access to my Twitter account to cancel it. I oh. just realized. Yeah, that's the thing. Get yeah. rid of it. They, well, they locked down the API. I can't play with fun stuff anymore. I don't oh, care. Oh, this reminds me. Well, we, we Are we doing it. Tumblr? Are we doing Tumblr? No. no. God. Tumblr? What? <laughs> Is that relevant? Is that what it's talking about? Yeah. I was, well, they just had a big change recently. You guys are, I'm sure, aware. I am not at all aware. I am slightly oh, so aware, but I'm going to let Jesse take the lead. This is, this is somewhat interesting, not necessarily germane, but Tumblr recently born, uh, pan, mm, mm. banned porn. Oh, I did read about that. Which, which, if anyone out there has not been to Tumblr, it is a significantly different experience today than it was seven days ago. And I think that that it's interesting when, again, as a, a part of an acquisition, right? Their their business model is changing in that way. That, not relevant. Go on. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just listening, uh, and uh, it's interesting because I don't care for Tumblr. Um, I don't care for the the 
what I believe is like a very toxic culture within it. Oh, um, in as much as I, not exclusively, I, I don't mean to like paint with that broad of a, a stroke, but like there is a lot of toxicity in there. Sure. In the same way, not for the same reasons, but in the same way, I don't care for fortune. I mean, there's not like terrible things going on there, but there's enough that I don't want to see. And so the interesting thing is that like, uh, I mean, I've, 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 I've been on Tumblr. I've seen lots of things there over the years and links and stuff like that. Porn was never, any component of what I saw. So I read that and I was like, Oh, I guess it makes sense that it had that, but was that really that much of their audience? And then like the whole internet's in an uproar and I'm like, wait, you guys went to like a micro blogging site to find porn. Like seriously, 80% of the content. What's wrong with (laughs) pornhub.com? Well, I hope we get a sponsorship off that. Okay. So I'm good luck. I'm sure this is going to get cut. Right. But the difference (laughs) is, on Tumblr, you would actually find proper photographers' work who would, and sometimes shared it themselves, self-promotion. Like it wasn't just your your basic, you know, uh, '70s soundtrack. Uh, he installs the cable kind of stuff. It was a place to find. <laughs> Sorry, you know, that took a second to yeah, connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so bounch, bounch, I can yeah. tell bounch, that. Bounch. I can tell you're a curator. Uh, well, I, I can tell you have at uh, least I'm interested taste. in photography. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did read about a that. Betty Page fan, huh? It, it was. Uh, I didn't realize that, that that was that much of the content. So I, I, I guess. I guess I get the uproar there. But I don't have a dog in that fight. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, if if that was so much of their content, then all they have left is what I thought all that Tumblr was. Right. They don't have much left. That's correct. Uh, That's in, correct. In my opinion. Uh, I do. I, I do remember uh, briefly. I was a CTO for a startup in Manhattan, and uh, we were starting a marketing initiative. And I was like, you know what? Tumblr was relatively new, uh, but I was kind of an outsider to it, so I didn't know much about the like content within that ecosystem. And um, we set up our company blog on Tumblr. And the reason why as a oh, micro blogging platform, no. it was cool. We wanted everyone in the company, we're a small company startup. We're scrambling to make shit happen. And it was like, everyone in the company is responsible for posting something on the company blog once a week. Oh. And that's enough to have posts every day. And Tumblr had this cool, like post a quote, post a photo. Yeah, yeah, different yeah, yeah. Type. So yeah. it was like, you didn't have to write a long form post. It was really easy to generate you know, like different types of content in different formats, post quote, post photo, for example, videos, things like that. So we did that. The problem was just like hashtags and comments and like tertiary content that would show up next to it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Oh, this is no place for a company blog. <laughs> <laughs> and we got the fuck out of there. Yeah, oh God. Uh, oh but God. I, I saw, I can't, I can't, I wish I could remember what it was. I saw something the other day, which is a company blog hosted on Tumblr. And I was like, <gasps> they don't know yet. Oh God. Oh no. And so, you know, that's the thing, right? So Tumblr is going to lose this giant chunk of their audience. How big? I don't know. I've seen a lot of numbers getting tossed around. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe, maybe the, I, I don't know. I'm, I say maybe this is another place where I'm like, I'm speculating. Someone actually knows the answer. I just haven't looked it up yet, but maybe that's part of the acquisition is they're trying to aim right. at more of a business client. Because right. honestly, the tools that they had for posting different types of content actually was really useful to our company as a, as, as a whole. It's just, we didn't realize we didn't realize the audience that we were publishing to at the time. It was like, it was like what medium is today. Yeah. We thought it was medium with like these pre-built post formats that had like they were, that were kind of design thought um, as much as content thought. And we just didn't know. It's one of those situations where the audience finds their own use for the tools. The tools are built to do the thing, right? And they do it really well. But then the audience is like, well, you know what? I can do this instead. I was just watching a, an interview the other day with Richard Garriott, the guy who invented the Ultima video game series. 
like Origins Ultima Online, and, yeah, 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 it, all the way back to the 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 first ones, the single player ones, and he was talking about Ultima Online specifically, and the development team spent a huge amount of time making this really detailed ecology in the game. They had vegetation spawn rates, herbivore spawn rates, carnivore spawn rates. They tuned it all really well so that things would happen in a roughly organic analog. It was perfect, and then they turned players loose, and they had deliberately set the rewards for things in such a way that they felt like it would encourage people to take the path that they wanted. The hides and the meat you get from carnivores are worth far more than the meat you would get from an herbivore. Right. Don't kill the herbivores. There's no point. But then they turned players loose and they just literally killed anything that twitched on screen. And Gary and company spent months trying to, to, to retune. Like retune the, I was going to say economy, but it's more like an it's, ecology. It's the ecology, yeah. right. To retune the ecology. Uh, and, and there was literally nothing they could do because at the point at which Ultima Online was populous enough that they needed to care, there were enough players around that like the second something would spawn, somebody would kill it dead. Yep. There was nothing they could do. And after four months, they gave up and just ripped that whole chunk of code out of the game. And his big fear was like, nobody even knew it was in there, man. Nobody ever knew that we'd built that ecology and they tuned just them. Because they, they just killed everything. And then we had to rip it out just to make it functional. Well, you know, I mean, this is this is a tenet of software engineering and development. Like, this is where lean methodologies come from. <laughs> build something thinking how it should be used, but the reality is people will use it however they want to use it. Tumblr, I guess, is a good example That's, of that. Yeah. That wasn't the intent and it was there. Um, and, yeah, that happens. Alan, how are you over there? It looks like you might be writing some code. You've been I like, may be working on the podcast. Ah, excellent. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. Working during, during the, podcast. the podcast. That's more accurate. The, yeah, yeah, we're working on the podcast. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Which I appreciate. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. I, I'm, I, uh, I'm over here paying the bills. <laughs> we appreciate you. Full, you. Full, full cycle back to kind of what we talked about earlier, though, is, is like why... Uh, this is going like way back, but like um, it reminded me in, in some of this is like, wow. And you said that reminds me, I gotta, I gotta deactivate my Twitter account. Yeah. yeah. Um, that reminds me again. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep doing it. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> Alan, de- Alan deactivates his Twitter account. That's right. Uh, but uh, why? The, one of the main reasons why I'm still on Facebook and I wish I get away, uh, away from it. And this is like a developer conundrum is I'm the fucking admin on several Facebook pages and several Facebook applications. And so like, if you're a, a developer on a Facebook application and you, you might have a Facebook application, uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can use Facebook services and you have to register an app. But the most basic one is just for Facebook OAuth. So single sign-on with Facebook, which mm. tons of apps have, mm-hmm. because I know there's tons of developers out here that have to work on those applications and, and like run them in debug modes and mm. uh, dev environments. You have to have a Facebook account to do that. Oh, you can't yeah. just like you, you. You have to. Well, you have to have a Facebook profile, mm-hmm. and you log into your Facebook profile, and then you, the Facebook profile, can then have developer access or admin access to different yeah. accounts. Gotcha. So every time I get really close to like I'm mm. done, I'm out of here, and I go in the admin, and I'm like I'm deleting my Facebook, mm-hmm. and it warns you, and it says, "Hey." Did you know that you're the only admin on these like Facebook mm. apps that your clients still use day to day? Oh, in the oh. Like, oh, 
Ah, oh, shit. You can you transfer that to Har- Harvey Hancock's well, Facebook I mean, I can, page? I can go track down. I mean, these exactly. are like some of these. Some of these are like Facebook dev account for clients that I like serviced as a freelancer, like before a company sure. existed. Mm. So it's like I don't know if they're using it, but I don't yeah. want to like cripple their application by can, can add a generic admin user and then kill your account. I can add a. No, it has to be. It's not generic. I can't just like create admin at whatever and say, "Hey, here's how you get in." Now I have to. It has to be a real person, man. So I have to go track someone down that works at that organization and say, "Here's the thing." And it's totally something which can be done. But there's like 15 of them linked to my account, and every time I uh, get there, I'm just like, "I don't want to." This is an insurmountable wall of bullshit that I don't want to deal with right now, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not sure that like that isn't at least somewhat by design. At the very least, mm. I. Think think that that's like an edge case like fringe icing on the cake where they're like it helps with our retention why would we change it because it's I've, the uh, only thing that's yeah. like in earnest several times i've tried to delete and i've gotten there and gone shit i can't mm. so i'll just pare back my usage and then i i've i've just realized i've orphaned some band pages <laughs> oh no <laughs> goodbye band page sorry I mean, hope, hope somebody still got access to that Alan and the Limberjacks can no longer promote their <laughs> records. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's, uh, this is, uh, you know, for a non topic, like with literally nothing planned yeah. and, and just to, not to toot our own horns here. Mm. Um, we went into recording this episode and I have a bulleted list in front of me mm-hmm. and the content of that bulleted list is 500 downloads. And that was it. I feel like this was a pretty good content, heavy, rich episode. I think we I think did. That was right. pretty good for an improv. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't make a habit of it. It might be dangerous, but yeah. that's what you get on the Christmas special. Uh, this is true. I see that. I see that Jesse's making a mad dash to the door to, to let a guest in. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. My, my wife has been standing outside for 10 minutes, apparently patiently waiting for us to just, wrap the just, podcast. Just mm. watching she did, through the window. The, yeah, because the door was locked and she didn't want to knock because she knew we were recording. So hi, Jesse's wife. Hi there. I, I know that the <laughs> guests don't know her. I could name this you by true. first name, but I, I know your name. Thank, yeah. thank but, you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank so you. we're gonna go um, have a holiday, and by the time you hear this, you'll have already opened presents. We're gonna open presents unless you're a, a bad kid or mm. not. You're gonna or get your coal, yeah, and you're gonna like it. Religious you like insensitivity, uh, wealth inequality, oh, yeah, insensitivity. Yeah. Let's not do all the permutations, but. <laughs> Happy holidays or whatever floats your boat. Hey, happy solstice, you know. (laughs) Happy, happy Tuesday. It's the dark times, and we'll we'll see another spring. We'll see. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.hirelofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.